That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 236 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out this episode. This is the 12th episode in my previews for 2023, and in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Scott and Grant from the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast, and we are going to be previewing their Essendon Bombers for 2023. Now, folks, don't forget that uh, if you're interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, Drop me a note via email at yankonthefootygmail.com. Reach out to me on one of my socials. You can find all of those uh, listed on my website, yankonthefooty.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and I think that's it. I love being able to highlight the clubs. I love being able to learn a little bit about the uh, geography and where things happen to be located and uh, just seeing the camaraderie and the passion that local communities have for their clubs is something that that I, as an American fan, am somewhat envious of because we kind of have that with high school sports here, but it's not quite the same type thing. And today's club of the episode are the South Croydon Bulldogs. Now, the Bulldogs were founded back in 1969, and they play their home games at, and I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, Sheyong Park on Bayswater Road in Croydon. Now, just yesterday, the club held their season launch at the Yara Glen races, and based upon the photographs that I saw up on their social media, it looks like they had a great time. They also announced recently that uh, one of their players, Tom Sheridan, was just signed to a VFL contract with the Casey Demons, so congratulations to Tom for that, and I hope he has a banner year. Your hard work is paying off for you, young man. And the club opens up their 2023 fixture on the senior side, traveling to face the East Ringwood Ruse on 15 April. And I want to wish the Bulldogs the absolute best as they head into 2023. Now let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Scott and Grant from the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast, and we're going to talk all things Essendon. And there's an awful lot to talk about with regards to Essendon this year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another one of our preview episodes, and we are previewing the Essendon Bombers, and I am thrilled to be joined by Scott and Grant from the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Gentlemen, thanks for coming up this morning and coming on this morning. No problems, mate. Uh, welcome. Uh, uh, very much uh, happy to be here, mate. I love I love the background there, you know, inside the hangar there. You know, we do have our <laughs> our one of the the two Yanks in uh, Australia playing for your Bombers now with Danny Marshall in the women's side. So it's great to have her there. That's very true. Yeah. So okay. I had I had her on the podcast a couple of years ago. Just you know, and I and I trade messages with her dad on on LinkedIn and social media quite a bit as well. He's been on too on what it's like to be a you know parent of a player overseas. Uh, so very, very fun discussion there. So before we, we jump in, I guess we have to talk about your bona fides. How did you guys become Essendon supporters? Wow. Uh, well, it probably Scotty, well <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it starts with Scotty because uh, I, I'm an Essendon supporter because of Scott. So go for it, mate. Yeah. So uh, uh, look, I, I've been an Essendon supporter all my life to my dad. Um, just quick history. My dad's from Ontario, Toronto. So he moved over, uh, he moved over when, um, just before I was born, uh, okay. to a, a Ford Khaled to manage a Ford, Ford car dealership just happened to be in a town called Essendon. Uh, 
uh, and uh, they were a sponsor of the football club. My dad, who was, he played quarterback in, in high school and everything mm-hmm. like that, was mad sports. Um, and then just quickly loved the AFL. Okay. Uh, obviously, being a sponsor of Essendon, said, look, I'll follow Essendon. And, and that was in the kind of, the, we're talking 70s here. So, right, um, right. so then pretty much I was born uh, and he went every every week to uh to the ground to the local Essendon ground see the see the bombers play and 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 then I went with him uh, as father and son kind of thing and and then I had a mad passion for it and met Grant in primary school um you know I was mad football we talked football and then he sometimes came along as well and then we kind of all became Essendon fans terrific so I mean your Toronto is about a it's about a five-hour drive from where I am. That's kind of just, you know, I'm I'm on the right on the southern shore of Lake Erie, so not too far away. You know, we're same time yeah. zone, real real nearby. But so he's working for a Ford dealership. How did he not end up? Uh, I know. Yes, I don't know how far back Ford's relationship with Geelong goes, because that's one of the things that helped me become a Geelong supporter. Because I've got almost 200 years of family history working at Ford, so that was one of the things that helped me push push me into the the Cats camp. But. Uh, I guess yeah, being, well, being in a, Essendon, that that made sense rather than yeah, okay that yeah one's a manufacturing kind of base yeah. Ford which is Geelong obviously right, where they right. make yeah and then we're just talking like just your your dealership on the corner yep. of a car just selling cars yeah uh, so a little bit different but yeah but uh, look it was just he wouldn't even known the the intricacies of <laughs> back then just well that's that's a good point that's very yeah. Fair. So, the, so he was just a yeah a sponsor and uh, a help you know their company was a sponsor of Essendon at the time you know many other companies but then went to the club on functions and that sort of thing and that's kind well, of how it grew. It's it's great that you know that he that you know his love for the game grew organically because it was something that was not in his DNA, you know, yeah. that, that, and it's in yours, but it's something that he grew to love, which is which is you know kind of how you know I fell in love with the game from a much longer distance than he did, of course, but it's uh. It's it's wonderful that he that he's brought you along for that, and that you guys you know brought Grant along for the ride as well. But uh, I wonder, Grant, if if they had not taken you, was there another club you were gravitating towards? Yeah, there would have been. Um, if I didn't meet Scott sort of in primary school, and like you said, we get talking, become mates. Who do you barrack for? Essendon, and away I go. Um, it would have been uh, Footscray. Would have been the Dogs. Okay, uh, because. Um, coming from that part of the world originally, um, and my dad having played three or four games for um, the Dogs Reserves, um, it would have been Footscray and also uh, the um, junior football club that I played for um, in the mighty South Croydon uh, were a somewhat associated. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they used they used the Bulldogs um, jersey. Okay. Uh, the red, the red, white, and blue. So I had a lot of that in my life, and uh, I would have been, it would have been the dogs. And I reckon, if I'm honest, the dogs are probably my second team. If I, uh, if I have to have one, um, okay, that would be my second team. But yeah, no, Essendon since, wow, Scotty, since we were five, six, or something like that. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. So jumping into the present day, um, I, I, I'm going to ask this question before we before we turn the page to where we are now. Do you think that if uh, if Ben Rutten had been given the time that he would have righted the ship, do you think he would have gotten the club going in the right direction? Mm, no. Uh, for for my, my my short answer, no is the short answer to that. Um, <laughs> I ben, ben is a um, Ben is a great guy. Ben 
He has, he was an incredible footballer. He is regarded as a good coach, Mm -hmm. but I don't think, I don't think he has the, uh, his, his coaching style doesn't suit the current day footballer, in my opinion. Unfortunately, his, his attitude is a bit laid back and a bit arm around the shoulder, buddy, buddy with his uh, players. And unfortunately, I don't think that's what the Essendon Football Club needs at the, uh, now or and needed back then. Um, okay, need, that's fair enough. That's, that's why Brad Scott, I think, is a is a great appointment because Brad Scott will take zero bad performances. He won't allow it, or if he does, you'll be playing reserves. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's what the Essendon the, the boys needed. They need they need they don't need a friend. They need a a real. They need a head coach. And they need that head coach to give really clear directions because, unfortunately, if you watched from the start of Truck's career, this is my opinion, by the way. If you started Truck's career, the game plan was the players had no idea what they were doing. They were trying to do something that mm-hmm. I think Truck told them to do, but they, they were so confused on the football field, they didn't know what they were doing. Um, and in my opinion, that comes down to the head coach and the coaching staff. Okay. Scotty? Yeah, I'm probably a little bit – look, I'm a little bit the same. Um, no, I didn't like how he exited the club. Um, I, so no. he needed to be treated better than that. But uh, – Well, but, let, let's be honest. You know, you know, St. Kilda watched that and said, here, hold my beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> and if yeah, yeah, the best yeah. can do it, yeah. Yeah, we set a lovely precedent. Um, uh, yeah, well, so – Look, I'm a little bit the same. It, it just seemed, it just seemed like, uh, for me, the senior group just didn't respond to his voice, uh, whatever he was trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Um, and and look, on our show, we we put it. I put a little bit fifty fifty. Like our senior boys actually should have had a bit of pride in in running both ways and playing defensive mm. footy, and we were opened up to transition footy. You know, far too easily. That some of them are basic fundamentals of defense, right? That you know, you know, a coach shouldn't have to tell senior players to run both ways and, mm-hmm. and that sort of. So I, I'm a little bit, you know, the buck the buck ends with the coach normally, and if you, if you can't, the players can't get seem to respond to their his voice, um, then that's what happens. That's in the, you know whether it's okay. the NBA or AFL or anything like that. Right. The coach ends up getting the the fall. Um, and so I, I think like Grant, Brad Scott was probably the strong voice that was needed. And I mean, his first ever words to the players was at the Essendon, what they call the Essendon Best and Ferris or the Crichton mm-hmm. Medal, uh, end of last year, first time he met them. And he basically said, hey, you come back day one of the preseason and then he's the story you'll tell me of, of whether you'll play senior footy. So straight away, he had that, hey, you're not fit enough. You weren't fit enough this year. Mm-hmm. How I, How you show up day one of the preseason will tell me the story of who you are. So instantly, you know, 95% of the group came back very, very fit. Um, just, yeah. so you just got that different kind of, okay, he's, this guy's not my, this guy's not messing around. Uh, so that's, that's probably where we're at. And they need a bit of a, um, a strong leader for being a fairly youngish group. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's a, uh, it is a young side. I mean, you've, you've got some, you got some terrific athletes on the side that I think that I think are gonna, you know, that could do well by you. I mean, I, I, you can't, 
I don't think there's very many clubs that would say no to what, you know, yeah, to Peter Wright, you know, as, no. as their as their key forward going going into the future here. I mean, and and if I'm not mistaken, you guys got him pretty for nothing, really? Yeah. really basically for <laughs> nothing from Gold Coast. I mean, which, you know, you know, last year after King went down, I mean, they could have used another key forward there, but they you know, they they did all right. I guess they figured some things out. But you know, you've you you've got a club, as you said, that they they didn't always seem to look like they were, you know, playing with the energy that 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 was expected of them or that they should have expected of themselves. Mm. If you will. I, I think I think my just to jump in, I think to 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 you're putting it very nicely there on behalf of the SF. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I try to I try to do that because I I I don't want to alienate alienate people and go son, no, of, mate, a bitch, look, son of a bitch, I'm not gonna listen to this guy anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's okay. Look for it. I, I reckon I reckon Scotty and I, um the the uh, our passports allow us to do this. Um and the fact that we've supported Essendon for nigh on 40 years or more. Mm-hmm. Um the the boys the boys didn't perform. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh and that that's the thing. Like we we have we had players that were fit enough. We had senior players enough to know that the kinds of performances and the what to illustrate what Scotty said, the running two way and the defensive pressure and all of that, the boys didn't do it. Right. So this is the, I hope when Truck left, well, he should have sent a little note to the players going, thanks, boys. Um, Little bit of this is uh, is you because you, you you wouldn't perform. But the issue with one of the issues with Truck, if I'm speaking 100% honest, is that he didn't elevate or he didn't change. So if your game plan's not working or if things aren't going particularly well, you can say, no, 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 guys, stick with the plan. We get this will work eventually. But when it got halfway through a season and we looked awful. Not just not just bad, but we look mm-hmm. really awful. Um, you've got to be able to make a change or deviation or throw the game plan out and start again or something has to change. There's got to be the there was enough head coaches in that joint to be able to make this change, but mm-hmm. nothing changed. So truck truck couldn't and wouldn't deviate from his plan, and that plan was not working on a consistent basis. So I think that's one of the other reasons why he had to go, because he didn't have an alternative gear right, um, right. or or a, another option. Um, well, he just kept doing the same thing. He kind of looked, and, and this is, and again, I'm, I'm maybe this isn't very kind to me, but he have you ever seen the film The Water Boy? Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He rem- he reminded me in a way uh, we were watching you know, and again you would only see the glimpses of him when they would turn the camera into the into the the, the coach's box but he kind of looked a little bit like Henry Winkler's character the coach who was on the sideline like I don't I don't know what to do. And it just it's like it's just it looked very passive sitting up in the box and there was not the it was not the you know the the picking up the phone and barking orders that you know you might see you know a John Longmire do or you know Chris Scott you know wanting to punch guys through the glass or that that type of thing and you might be getting that with his brother now, which might be exactly mm. as you said what they need. Uh, yeah, it, well, it, it I, might be. With 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 and also with truck, I think. Which I, I'm really hoping Brad, uh, Brad Scott's better at, but uh, it sounds like he will be. But with Truck, uh, he, for some reason, he just kept persisting with the same players mm-hmm. who were letting him down. Yeah, that's uh, another thing. And, and, yeah. and, and, and so w- we were arguing as a podcast, you go, it's, it's actually okay to for a high-profile player actually just to be dropped, just to say mm-hmm. you're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not starting today. Um, because we all, I mean, everything, 
every news media in this country dissected players and had vision of them clearly jogging when they should be running hard <laughs> both ways. And, and, and But th- they got a pass every week. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Essendon fans were like, it's okay. Like we're, as a fan base, we're okay. You know, it only happened ironically around about round 13. Um, you have this famous Dylan Shill moment with Parker at the, at the Swans. Parker mocks him visually oh, yes, on the, yes. Parker mocks him visually on the ground. Um, and, and, and it almost, it was embarrassing. It even got to that point because Shield had been really poor prior mm-hmm. to that. Um, the coach omitted him during the week. Um, then we had unfortunately two or three injuries. So he yeah, ended up, he, look, he ended up coming back in, but just the fact that during the week he said, you're dropped Dylan shield then goes on an eight week run of almost best on ground every week. Right, he's been right. totally, he's been totally mocked. He's, he's, he's acted. You could tell he's had to think about his career mm-hmm. and going, where am I going? Um, I've just been dropped. I should be a high profile, big earning player. Um, and I've been embarrassed saying, you know, everyone saw that he got dropped on the Thursday night. So he's been embarrassed. Once he got that second chance, um, he, he grabbed it. He actually became the leading center bounce clearance player of the AFL by the end of the year. Wow. Uh, so much was his impact. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, I, I'm, you know, I think that was a frustration. So, well, there's your clear example of why you can do that. It's a, uh-huh. It can actually can be a positive thing, even though it might not be to the player that week, but to you sometimes have to humble a player and say, look, I can see the vision. You're not performing. You're not right, playing right. your role for the, for the greater, greater, I guess, welfare of the team as our unit. You're not doing those team things. And for that reason, we're going to drop you this week until I see you do it in the VFL or the reserves. Right. Um, so that was just a small example of, and Brad Scott, you know, you know, was Mason Redmond yesterday had a press conference and he said, you know, what Scott's been telling you, he said, well, he's told us if you don't play a role for the team, you're not in the side. And that's, that sounds very basic, but yeah, clearly Brad Scott felt like he had to tell this to this group. Hey, if it's not for the greater hood of the team, you don't, do if you don't block behind the scenes to free up a, a forward, or if you don't shepherd, or if you don't, uh, you know, do those one percenters. If I'm not seeing that for the greater part of the team, you're not playing. And that's that's just a simple, small shift that we haven't had for a while. Because even the previous coach, John Worsfold, had the same. I had the same issue with. He was very much a pat on the back, try and encourage you to play better. But eventually, it had to. You feel like no, no. It's been years now. You got to actually. You got to be a bit stronger than that. You need uh, the loud guy. A yeah, bit, yeah, ironically, ironically, you know, around about May last year, we were doing shows saying this is for the betterment of Truck coaching career. If he can mm-hmm. drop a few players, then get them, you know, a little bit humbled and they can come back. It probably it probably helps his long term coaching future. Now he only did it with Shield, and then the this I could call out other players. They all got a pass through the end of the year, and then we saw what happened at the end of the year. And so, but but yeah, so there's hopefully truck learns those kind of lessons as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, looking into this year, I mean, are you are you concerned at all by the the little spate of injuries that you've had? You know, because your top pick, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, Sadas is is down, having had his knee um, worked on a little bit. You know, it's at, from what I read, Peter Wright tweaked a calf muscle recently as well. Uh, yeah, Cox, Reed, yeah. 
Jones, Guelphy yeah. now for yeah. Uh, so yes, in short, you you know you have to be because an interrupted preseason. People say, oh yeah, well, not eighty percent of those guys will be ready by round one. But you you still have to have an interrupted preseason in AFL is a big deal, right, and right. and it often does affect performance for at least at least the first half of the year. You know, sometimes not not for every player, but yeah, you have to be a, a little bit concerned. So. How excited are you about, or are you excited about Anthony McDonald tipping Woody being back with the club? What well, Waller's well uh, AMT is uh, a, a great footballer for a start off. Um, he early in his career and for the majority of his career, really, he could he he could go missing in games. He could get 10, 11, 12 possessions in the first quarter. Halfway into the second quarter, he's on 12 possessions, something like that. And then he kind of gets 13 possessions for the rest of the game. Right, he can right. sort of disappear in and out. But on his day, Waller is as good as any key forward or any small forward in the comp. And his defensive pressure inside forward 50 is elite. Um, I mean, he's not exa- exactly young as springtime anymore. So I don't know that he's going to be chasing people for 50 metres and running them down from behind like he has in the past. Um, but I was I was very excited to hear Waller coming back. He, he made a decision to retire for a number of different reasons. Um, and he, I think he grabbed his dog and his car and he literally drove around the entire country, right? So he had a great time. He relaxed. And then I think... A combination of there might have been a little bit of petrol left in the tank um, to him, and also the fact that Essendon um, and again every Essendon supporter and I know Scotty and I at the at the podcast are ex- are ecstatic to say that the Essendon Football Club has now drafted um, a whole raft of um, new young Indigenous players, um, and to have Waller back, who's a senior player at Essendon, and also just by proxy, a senior Indigenous player in the league, mm-hmm. um, to have him at the club purely for his football skills is outstanding. Um, but the calibre of man that he is and the ability for him to mentor the young Indigenous talent that we have, I think is it's a masterstroke to get him back. Whoever, whoever so if it was us that sort of hunted him down and asked him to come back and, and he said yes, then the club should be commended. And for um, Anthony, for him to be playing again is great. I assume I assume he's going to love it. But the work that he's going to do with his young Indigenous talent, I think, is uh, wildly to be commended. Okay, I mean that's it's wonderful. It's wonderful to know that he is back. I mean, he's just you know, even if he's not getting a lot of touches, I mean, he's somebody that you're you're always drawn to. When he comes, when he comes on the camera, you know, again, I'm not watching the games in person. So when I see him on camera, it's like, you know, you're, you're naturally drawn to him because he is just all over the ground. It's just, it's just an absolute fun player to to watch play the game. He's a so, major, major impact player. So mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's one of the unique players in sports that every touch is, is, has a massive positive effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just doesn't waste the footy. He just, every time he gets the ball, it is positioned to someone in a better spot or someone can give a goal or for him kicking a goal himself. So he has that rare ability of, of being so gifted skill wise and decision-making wise 
that yeah he he just can impact a game so heavily if he's if he's if he's in the game. So yeah, I'm looking at your um, fixture this year, and the and you got you know the first five games you got a bit of a mixed bag you know this year in terms of you know the clubs you're starting off you know you're starting off the Hawks and Suns, Saints, Giants, and Demons. So you got you've got a couple games that that if you if you play the way you're hoping to play. You mm. might have a, a better start to the year than you did last year, <laughs> yeah. um, which you know. Let's be honest; I don't think it can get much worse than it did last. Well, okay, Port Adelaide, well, but yeah, uh... <laughs> well, yeah. I, thanks, I thanks, I Frank. Th- yeah, I, I don't think I've seen a worse in my of my forty years of footy. I've never seen a worse first game performance against the Cats, uh, where that first quarter was so. It was like we were drugged, and that's a bad thing to say for our club. And I apologize to all the fans who just heard yes. that. Um, wow, Scotty, that's um, that's uh, that's pretty bad, mate. That's pretty bad. But okay. it was. Can I? Can was, I just? Can I stop you there real quickly? Uh, nobody heard you. Go ahead and continue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just realized my my mistake, but but I think people get what I mean. It was just like it was just something was just incredibly wrong and our energy level was just uh just all over the shop and you know and obviously you're playing an elite team like Geelong and you you know I think from memory that game we only had one good player Nick Martin it was his first ever game for the club he kicked five goals and starred and he was the only one who turned up he was the only one excited to play and then a few weeks later he got hurt yeah well didn't he he hurt his knee a few weeks later if he did, it was only like one or two weeks because he ended up playing eighteen or twenty games. For oh, the okay. Year, so. I thought. Okay, yeah. I'm, I must be thinking of somebody else that hurt their knee. Okay, I'm thinking of somebody else from there that that hurt their knee last year. Then, but yeah, I and I, I have to tell you, I I did watch the first quarter of that game at at lunchtime yesterday at work, um, <laughs> in preparation for this. I just I popped on a game. I didn't look at the score again, and I just went back and watched. And what this was as a training run. Yeah, it was a training run for the cats. It, yeah. it, well, and looking at it, and, and all the players that were that were in the side for them that game, that yeah. weren't anywhere close to playing at the end of the season. You know, Dollhouse yeah. and you know Sean Higgins. You know, weren't you know they weren't they weren't you know they basically said, hey, you guys have retired now. It's just the season's not over yet. <laughs> and this is this is one of the this is one of the key elements is that like Scotty and I, like every Essendon footballer and every most Australians, you watch a footy club, they're performing, they're on top of the ground, they're all good things in the preseason and they couple of um practice matches and that's great. And then you get into the season and you're expecting the boys to be on fire. Mm-hmm. Right? Come out, fired up game one of the season um, and you expect them to be flying. And then they put in the most confusing performance I've ever seen. And you, it's not like, okay, maybe they tried a player in a different position or something and it didn't work or uh, the game plan looked a bit dodgy. The players just looked uninterested and slow and in reverse. And again, playing Geelong, you will get absolutely found out if you play like that um and so that's that just started off the confusion of the year for us the the all of the hope and all of the the new coach and the and all of that the hope of the year just got destroyed in game one because for some weird reason the players just decided to play completely awfully and Mm -hmm. it, it made no sense and that was the whole sort of theme for the for that year really not making sense why we're performing like this so what are you looking for this year in terms of the 
the indicators that are going to tell you that that this year is going well or it's going poorly this year so what are you going to be looking for the first few rounds are going to tell you okay this this is starting to click or oh crap this is more of the same i think i think for me is is um how we're structured on the field during the game uh because we lost our structure a heck of a lot which has caused the transition yeah. and all that sort of stuff so how positioning on the field um uh, just our defensive actions. Uh, so, uh, look, this preseason, if you want someone wanted to sum up our preseason with Brad Scott, it's gone, it's a back to basics. They've gone to very uh, uh, intense but basic defensive drills and defensive mechanisms of, of AFL footy mm-hmm. and just getting it to a higher level. Um, and I, I actually mentioned one time, I said, look, I think Brad Scott's going to coach a little bit like Chris Scott, where, I uh, you know, uh, you're a Geelong man yourself, Craig, but uh, I, I find Geelong, it's not so much they have the, the, this sophisticated game plan. They just do things at an elite level, all the basics at an elite level. Um, and they just, and they just work for each other as a team. And that's, I think that's where Brad Scott is probably going to learn from his brother. Cause I see that at our training as, players working and communicating more. So communication has been quite up this preseason uh, and guys telling each other, you know, strongly or, or politely, whatever it is, you need to be here. You need to be here. Uh, they're very much intent on, on positioning themselves, right. Doing hard tackling, just these basic things, you know, blocking for each other and, and just doing those one percenters. Uh, and look, it was just come down to consistency. It's just how much we, come out each week with an intent. I, I think most fans will accept that there's going to be turnovers. Some games, it just doesn't click. You know, you just, the ball doesn't land on the boot often as nicely as you hope. And, you know, sometimes you lose by skill level, or just turnovers, but your intent was fine. I think that's for more Essendon fans. We want to see that. You go, we'll look cops, we'll cops and losses. We know there's quite a few young players. Right. Right. Sometimes, sometimes a game just doesn't click, but if the intent's there, the pressure's there, on a more consistent level. We're just more professionally set up over the ground. Uh, We look, we have the right players in the right positions, looking comfortable. um, And which I think Scott's addressed as well. Uh, I think we'll be a much better team, but you know, I'm not saying we're top eight kind of team, but we'll be much team and and a lot harder for it to, uh, to, to beat. Makes sense. So who are you, uh, who are you most excited about seeing this year? And who do you think might push their way into the 22 that maybe hasn't been there consistently? Ooh. I'll give you, I'll start, I'll start off. Uh, yeah. So two names. I think Archie Perkins is a guy to look out for who's currently in the seniors, but a younger player. Uh, I, I suspect he's the kind of guy that could really break out this year. Uh, uh, probably Sam Draper as well, if I'm being honest. Uh, as far, as far as a, a player not in the team currently, is a, there's a guy called Jai Menzi, uh, and he's he's a small forward. Uh, they picked him up from South Australia in the mid-season draft, so he's only he only came sort of June last year. He, he played he played for South a South Australian team in their in their professional comp. comp. Mm-hmm. He kicked twenty goals in eight games. Essendon quickly noticed that. Um, they brought him across. He probably wasn't what you call AFL fit. He was, he was fairly fit, um, played pretty well in the VFL, um, played one game and looked actually pretty decent for us in the seniors. But this 
just that just that little sniff that he got, uh, he attacked the preseason really hard. Good, and good. I would go, I would go to say he's been even above Waller, our best small forward, um, this preseason. And he's kicking, he kicked four goals in a practice match last week. He's looked really, really solid, really good, skillful short passer, can play up the field. So Jai Menzies, my little smoky. Okay. Now well, I've got um I've go got uh, I've got the back line. I've got the the one of the issues that we had with the game plan um in the track era is that the midfield was so open. Um I still have burned into my memory uh Patrick Dangerfield doing what Patrick Dangerfield does and getting midfield clearances, but then literally being able to run the entire length of the square and inside 50 and put it lace out wherever the hell Tomahawk wanted it put, right? Now, the Essendon back line has has just been like Swiss cheese for the last two years. We haven't been able to we haven't been able to stop the forward entries and the big forwards kicking goals. Now, some of that is because we've some of our guys down back are not exactly huge to take on them on the tomahawks of the world. Um, but I one of my opinions is that the midfield has not been running both ways, which has allowed the likes of Tomahawk and Jeremy Cameron and the and Dixon and all of those guys to be able to run anywhere they like and have players mm-hmm. put it down their throat. And it's, it's hard enough for a defender. The the like three years ago, Jordan Ridley was uh he made the 50 or the, the second team for the All Australian team, should have made the All Australian team because Darcy Moore from Collingwood's a hack and should never have made the All Australian <laughs> team. But um <laughs> So it should have been Rids in the North Australia, right? So he should have been in North Australia. Dane Laverde, who we haven't been able to find a spot for in that team, right? We put him down back, looks like a million dollars, right? Rids and, and Laverde look like a million bucks down there a few years ago. And then because of this non-running both ways and, and the players just not understanding the game plan, the, the back line is getting peppered with balls in and in and in and in and in constantly, and they look bad. My my pick is is that if truck sorry if, uh, if Scotty can hold up the midfield and make the defence through there more sound, then the defence will have more of a chance, um, and Rids will have more of a chance to do what he does: cut across packs and take um, intercept marks. And Laverde, well, you'll see him go back to his uh, to the good talent that we saw in the back line. Um, that, and I reckon this year that. Massimo Di Ambrosio mm-hmm. is going to take the next step. He he did exactly nothing wrong coming in um, last year um, in the positions that we played him, and he is a dynamic, skilled footballer with his left boot, and that left boot off half back with I reckon him and Andy McGrath off half back half back will return Essendon to when we had Saad and Connor McKenna. And our back line looking those those back wing players or the half back flankers um, looking very very good and being damaging coming out from defence. Okay, so let me ask you this: What is your you know? Because I know we're we're coming up on on time here, and I wanted to you know toss a couple of trivia questions at you before we wrap up here. But uh, what is your bold prediction for the club for this year? And when the final round of footy for Essendon is played this year, whether it's round twenty four or if they make their way into finals, what is the Herald Sun's headline going to be about the Bombers at the end of the year? Uh, for me, yeah, look, uh, I, I must admit, this is, 
I've Essendon kind of broke me in some ways this <laughs> last year. Uh, so I, I'm normally coming to this time of year very optimistic, and and uh -huh. people used to say, "Oh, look, you're pumping us up too much." And uh, I'm a, I'm as level headed as I've ever been about the Essendon Football Club. Uh, I I kind of felt like we'll finish around tenth this year, uh, and and I I do think we'll get some things right. I, I look, I I do believe if injuries and everything, you know, a lot of things have to go right. Say if, right, right. if, inju if injuries um, are not a factor for most of the year, we get most of the people in the park and they're all invested. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, I, I think we could sneak into an eighth or seventh kind of position. I think we have an enough talent on the team that could cause um, that kind of trouble, but it is a really tough competition. And and I think sometimes you have to put the Essendon blinkers off and, mm -hmm. and understand you know, you look at the top eight last year and you go, well, who's coming out of that top eight? And it's really hard because it's like that, that were really good teams. And a lot of those teams can get better. Uh, well, Richmond, you know, Richmond uh, traded in some really high end talent. And they, so, so I, I think we're around about the 10th mark, but if end of year, I just hope it's step for me, it's kind of step one of three years of going uh, of like, okay, Essendon's improved. Uh, and it's, it's an authentic improvement and they should hopefully can then go on this the following year. Good deal. Good deal. Um, my, my hope is a bit, again, a lot, a lot along the lines of Scott's. Um, I, I want us to feel a finish upper middle of the pack. And I want us to have consistently demonstrated to fans on a week by week basis, what we are as a club. What are we? Are we a, uh, fast running, handballing, constant movement kind of club that isn't relied on on Peter Wright, or we are relying on him. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Or are we a dour defensive uh, team? Or what? What are we as as a club? What's our game plan going to be? And I want to see it every single week, and for it to be consistent. Right now, okay. what would the head? What would the headline be on the Herald Sun? Firstly, if you've lived uh, as an Essendon supporter over the last sort of I don't know ten years. You don't want to see Essendon in that headlines, uh, head, headlines right? Um, I would much prefer if I never saw the word EFC or Essendon in that kitty litter rag of a paper that is there on Sun um, ever again. So I would rather us be a page 58 quarter of an inch article about Bombers improve Okay. on last year's results. That's it. That's all so, I'd like to say. So would it have been better had I said the age? Ah, <laughs> uh, the age. Nobody reads the age, so that doesn't matter. Um, okay. It's okay. Just, uh, nobody reads yeah. the age, but yeah, no, no. Page 58. Bot, yeah, bot, bottom right. Yeah, no, there we go. Footyology. Go check out Footyology. There you go. Um, there you I, go. Have, I do have a subscription to the Code Sports also, so I do read that. Beautiful. Yeah, Code yeah, Sports but, is um, good, yeah. yeah. Daniel Churney at Code Sports is good too. Yeah, I've had, yep, I've had Daniel on. So are you guys ready for, before we wrap up here? You ready for some uh, Bombers trivia here? Oh, no. Look out. Scotty's all over this. This will be good. Okay. So here we go. First question. These seven players in 2022, all of them played at least 16 games, averaged 20 disposals, at least 20 disposals a game. Mm -hmm. Heppel. Merritt. She Merritt. Shield. Yep. yep. Parrish. Yep. Martin. Nope. Nope. Ooh. Um, I guess. What do we got? Uh, you have four. You have the first four, actually. 20 possessions. 
did Coldwell average 20? Um, nah, not Coldwell. Um, um, oh, Redmond? Right. Redmond's one. Yep. You got Ooh, two yeah. more. Redmond. Um, um, did Hind? Yes, he did. And did Hind? More. Yep. And one more. Okay. Shield, not Hobbs. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone obvious here. Uh, not Will Snelling, no, not. Uh, and they had to play 16 so, games because he played. I think he McGrath, played at least 16 Mc, games. McGraw I feel like McGrath's, did, yes. McGrath's on the edge. Yeah, yeah. that's him. Yes. Now, McGrath, I just, yeah. for full disclosure, Nick Martin averaged 19.9. Okay, uh, there you go. All right, <laughs> I thought he was close. Okay, so. Which senior coach had a higher winning percentage at Essendon, John Worsfold or James Hurd? Uh, we all want to say Hurdy. We just want to say Hurdy, right? I feel because like I feel like it. I feel like it's Hurdy because it of is. the first year of Worsfold yeah. was six, was like eighteen and three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, Hurd forty nine point four percent, Worsfold forty three point three. Yep. Yeah. Now. These two, and you've mentioned it several times tonight, and I love this statistic now that I've read up on more of this about this in the last couple of years, but these two players averaged over five one percenters per game last year. One of them played 12 games and the other one played 20. One percenters. Uh, Will Snelling? Which one was that? Will Snelling? Mm, was not Will Snelling, huh? One percenters. Okay, so... Uh, if it's one percenters, a lot of that probably probably backline, Scotty. Yeah, I was thinking Rids. Uh, yep, he, Sam, he's, yep, he was. He's doing that with twenty games. Yep, Sam Durham. No, he's played more than those games. Uh, well, yeah, no, it's only twelve games. It might be a little bit tougher there. So maybe I maybe I should not leave you hanging on this one. Uh, one percenters. Jai uh, Caldwell. No, nope. he has three names. Brandon, uh, yep. BCT. Yep. Brandon Zirk Thatcher. Brandon yep. Zirk Thatcher. He's yep. our man. The the Lunchtime Cash Up podcast loves BCT. All right. Now, this one, this one, you, you, well, if we go back, okay, you might know this one. Who was the youngest player to ever debut for the Bombers? He did it in 1977. Tim Watson. Tim Watson. Easy. Outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Tim Watson. Yeah. <laughs> 15 years old. Yeah, did, but he was they, a he was a man at that stage. Okay, so so okay, so I was I was going to ask, did they have puberty in Australia at that time? That, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you know? Do you know why I? Would you know why I know that? This is a weird story that um my dad, who was working at the Ford dealership, uh-huh. he was asked uh, if he could have a fifteen year old Tim Watson stay at his house and be a house at, for the for the first year. They were looking for their major sponsors and people to he could you know have people that he could live with. Really? Well, yeah. he's, uh, cool. And he asked, and my dad said, no, he couldn't. Cause he, we had, he was just had me fourth child. Um, and he said, no, we've got no room. And I've, I haven't forgiven him ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because think, well, I mean, I had, I had somebody and I, and I've tried to get them on the podcast and they've had some, some health issues and such, but they, they had housed Geelong players for a number of years. And then they had, they had both Joel Selwood and Tom Hawkins living with them at the same time during their first year with the club. And oh, wow. I really wanted Not to bad. talk to them, but haven't been able to do that yet. Okay. Uh, this, this 21 game player led the Bombers with 480 meters gained per game last year. 21 year old. 
You know, he played 21 games. Played 21 games. Mason Redmond. Oh, okay. Uh, he has been mentioned earlier, but it was was it Mason Nick Redmond. Nick Hind? Yes, it was. Uh, yes, it okay. was. Yep. So, um, last one because I know you'll get this other one here because I know we got to wrap things up here pretty quick. So we, this 22 game player led the club with 98.27 percent time on ground last year. Zach. Okay, uh, it's a backman. Oh, it's no, it's either Peter Wright or it's a backman. Um, it is Peter Wright. It is Peter. Okay. It is Peter yeah. Wright. Ah, Roddy. It is because he because he because he did a lot of ruck duties. Um, so they just didn't take oh, him yeah, off the yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Big so, thank you to uh, to Adrian Dodoro for that, man. Yes, that was. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure Gold Coast would love to have him back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, gentlemen, where can people find the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast? Tell us about it and tell us about your socials so they can give you a follow. Well, mate, the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast is myself and Scott. We uh, we were working in the city um, a while back, and we'd catch up for lunch. Um, hence the name, and we would just bag on about the Essendon Footy Club for an hour or so, realise that we both had to get back to work and go scrambling back to our offices. Um, this is the start of our fourth year, I think, Scotty, or fifth year. Fifth year, um, fifth year. Start of our fifth year. You can find it on iTunes, um, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Um, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. Um, we put out... Uh, in the regular season, we put out a main hour-long show on a Monday to gen- mm-hmm. uh, to the public um, for free. We also have a Patreon um, account for the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Um, just look, just search Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast on Patreon um, for uh, the uh, princely sum of four uh, dollars a month. Four dollars a month, you get. A, five dollars. Five dollars. Well, well, it, work, it works out to be with exchange the, with rate the exchange is killing rates. us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's Patreon's thanks. a US company, so it's three US, three US dollars. Put it that way. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Joe Biden. No, just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, you can find us on um, uh, the Patreon, and uh, we do a Thursday night team selection show uh, where Scotty and I talk about the selections and the upcoming game. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously we do a. Uh, post-game reaction show so directly after the game scotty and i jump on to talk about the game um as fast as we can after the game uh, when it's all fresh in our minds um and then uh we do the main show on a monday on top of that for the kind of value that we do we've had um special guests we've had uh, sheets we've had half a dozen players on we've had mason redmond already we also have quite possibly our biggest show ever which we can't tell you anything about on the 14th of February. Um, but look for, look for a really, uh, a, a really big show from there. So yeah, Patreon, um, iTunes, SoundCloud, and um, Spotify. Good deal. Well, Hey gentlemen, I appreciate you taking time out of your morning. I know you're heading off to the uh, practice match and uh, yep. I hope you have a grand time. I hope everybody comes out of it. Healthy. <laughs> well, we know Essendon, we know Essendon will win seeing it's an internal. <laughs> well, you know, maybe they still can't be a draw. At all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it could still be a draw yes exactly <laughs> exactly well guys i appreciate you coming on and chatting about them i will i didn't tell you this before but uh i have converted one fellow american here in town into a footy fan and they are an essendon supporter well, there you excellent go. so excellent they are so they're uh it's uh it's um, the, tell the him, uh, good, school. good luck with um the suffering and the hope <laughs> 
that doesn't get realized. Just tell him that. <laughs> yeah, that's good point. Good point. Yeah. So, um, well, hey guys, I appreciate it. I know you got to run, but have a great, great afternoon. And uh, I will let you know when this uh, this does come out. Then. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having us on. Pleasure to talk, Craig. You bet. Grant, Scott, gentlemen, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to sit down and talk with me. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I learned a lot from you, uh, and it's just a, uh, it's going to be an interesting year to see what happens with your club, with uh, new leadership, new captain. I think this is a club that has a lot of talent, and uh, they could turn things around rather quickly. Now, folks, remember that you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website, iyankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll head over there and you'll subscribe for the mailing list. So when new episodes come out, they're in your inbox about 45 seconds after they're released. If you enjoy the podcast, if you've been listening for a while or you're new and you think, wow, this is unique, something I enjoy, something maybe other people should check out. Well, one, share the episodes with your friends and family, but you can also click on the review button on my website and... Leave a review there on the website, or it'll take you to Apple or Spotify, and you can leave a review there as well. If you want to help out the podcast, you can click on that Buy Me a Coffee button, or you can click on the store page up there, and it'll take you to my Redbubble store page, and I've got uh, podcast swag over there if you're interested. And also, lastly, if you've got an idea for a great guest for the podcast, please reach out to me and uh, drop me a note and let me know. Again, uh... You can reach me at yankonthefoot at gmail.com, at yank underscore on on Twitter. Give me a follow there. I'm closing in on 2,000 followers, hoping to get there uh, before the season starts. We're getting really, really close. And ladies and gentlemen, I do hope you'll look out for one another. Check up on your friends. Let them know that you're okay. Find out if they're okay. If you need to talk to somebody, I've got all those numbers in the show notes for things like Beyond Blue. Reach out and let people know that you maybe need some help or that you just need to talk to somebody. And I'm going to close out this episode like I do every episode. And if you're new to the podcast, if this is your first time listening, well, this is how I close them out. Ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 236 of Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook. Just look for a Yank on the Footy podcast or on Instagram, a Yank on the Footy. You can find me, Craig Wessels, on Instagram and Facebook as well if you want to give me a follow there. It'd be great if you did so. I do hope you'll subscribe. I do hope you'll share the episode with your Essendon-loving uh, friends or even your friends who are maybe not Essendon fans, and find out what these guys from uh, the Lunchtime Catch-Up had to say. And give them a follow while you're at it as well, okay? These guys do a banner job, and uh, we're all in this together, and we really, really want to see uh, you know our listener base uh, bump up whenever and wherever we can. Folks, thanks for listening, and until next time, goodbye. <laughs>